Oh, you guys, I'm having so much fun with the Insider Club. That's what we're calling the launch team for my new book that comes out next month, August 2022. We just had our first live event last night, and my heart's so full of gratitude for the amazing women who've come beside me to help spread the word about this new book. But hey, I wanted you to know, it's not too late to join. In fact, this is a perfect time to get in on all the fun. You can go to joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash insider and just follow the prompts. When you pre-order the book, you'll get immediate access to a digital copy of Embracing Trust so you can start reading. But listen, you're also going to get a free audiobook and a bundle of pre-order bonuses when the book releases in August. I hope you'll join us. I can't wait to see you inside the club. Tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver episode 90. Okay, so I know that I say this a lot, but I absolutely loved my conversation with Janie Stevens. We talk about her new book, What's Here Now? How to Stop Rehashing the Past and Rehearsing the Future and Start Receiving the Present. There is so much rich stuff in this interview, you guys. We talk about everything from being truly present with our family to being fully present with the presence of God. But we also talk about ministry and the danger of believing that we have to be everything to everyone. I know you're going to enjoy this interview. I can't wait to start. Well, you guys, I just met a new friend, Jeannie Stevens. Welcome to the living room. (laughs) Oh, it's so good to be here with you, Joanna. And thank you for saying that we met new friends because that's exactly how I feel as Uh well. It is a delight to be with you. Well, I love your heart and I love your new book. It's called What's Here Now? How to Stop Rehashing the Past and Rehearsing the Future and Start Receiving the Present. Oh my goodness. It's like, I feel like you have read women's mail all over the world (laughs) because isn't that kind of what we do? We're either living in the past or we're living in the future and we totally, at least for me, Sometimes I miss the moment that I'm in. Can you talk about what led to this book? Absolutely. Well, I, I definitely read my mail, and uh, I, I knew that this book was writing me before I was writing it. Mm. And uh, sometimes that's uh, the places that God draws us to most pay attention to is those spaces and places of tension, those spaces and places of uh discomfort because God wants to reveal something that he wants to do in us and through us. And and really this came on the, on the doorsteps of burnout and feeling overwhelmed, feeling um, dry and weary. And I realized in my own personal life that I was not living in this now moment. Mm. I was either, you know, as you just mentioned, I was either rehashing the past which when you're trying to rehash the past, you're essentially just trying to change something that's already happened and it can't be changed, right? right? Or I was rehearsing the future and I was trying to control something that God did not invite me to control. And as I really paid attention and began to pause and breathe and actually sink myself into this now moment, Joanna, I realized that the present is actually the zip code of God. 
Mm. It is where God always is. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but we can't experience God in the yesterday or the tomorrow. We can only experience God in the present. And yet so many Mm. of us struggle to be in the here and the now. And yet if it's not happening now, it's not happening. (laughs) And yet so many of us, so many of us, we're living in the not happenings of our lives and we're missing the now mm-hmm. moment. And this is the place where God does his deepest work. It is where transformation occurs. It's where healing occurs. It's where connection occurs with God, with ourselves and with one another. And so it really began to be a journey of, I want to learn how to live in the here and now. Oh my goodness. I just feel like I could kind of just try to unpack that, but there's so much in that, in that, just the statements that you've made, because I feel like, you know, either we're living in a past story that keeps us from living fully in this story, or we're trying to reinvent ourselves into a story that is in the future. And how I've really been asking the Lord to help me do that because otherwise it's like there's the perpetual tomorrow that we never ever get to. We're we're constantly living out there or living in the past. Wow. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And and when we when we rehash the past, you know, there's almost some some signs, right? There, there's almost some um breadcrumbs, if you will, that we can kind of follow on the path to to almost give us an indicator, like, you know, the check engine light on your your car, right? It's almost as if uh, the check engine light goes off and and you can start to sense and tell, wow, I'm not really living in this now moment. And for me, what I began to realize whenever I was rehashing the past, things like blame or shame, Mm -hmm. grief, unprocessed grief from a loss in the past, right? Bitterness, a grudge that I'm holding on to that now has a hold on my heart or, or guilt, this silent suffering from mistakes made. Anytime those were showing up on the dashboard of my life, it was an indicator to me, I'm rehashing the past. Yeah, I'm not receiving the present moment for all that God has for me in this now moment. And, you know, the scriptures tell us in the Psalms that God is our ever present help yeah. in times of trouble. And so to experience the help of God, we have to be in the ever present moment with God. Mm. And... Yet so many of us, we're not here. We're not in the now. Right. Why do you think that is? Why Why do you think we're, we have such a hard time living in the present? Yeah, I think that for many of us, we are prone towards activation and we're prone towards um, being human doers instead of human beers, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we, we're, we're more like a human doing than a human being. And so when we're rehashing the past, as I mentioned, we, we activate ourselves to try to change something that we think is possible to change. Or when we're rehearsing the future, we activate ourselves to control something that we actually can't control. And so what we do is we keep ourselves from having to surrender. We keep ourselves from having to actually let go and to lay ourselves down 
before God. And that's the posture that God always wants us to be in, Mm -hmm. right? Right. To, To be surrendered and open to his will, not my will. I think it's why Jesus taught us to pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But I think if we were to be honest, most of us, our prayers are, my will be done. <laughs> and and if you could just slap your name on it, God, and it looks like your will, that would sure be nice. And I think so many of us, we are, we are raised to, and, and it's not as though being activistic about your life is, is not a good thing. That That is a good thing to be, um, thoughtful about patterns in your past and to be thoughtful about plans for the future. It's just that you can't change the past or control the future. And so learning how to become content, we as a people and as a society, as, as, um, as a generation even truly struggle with contentedness. And in the present moment, we have to pause and actually allow ourselves to be content with what is. So many of us, we're just stuck in drawing ourselves back to what was and the what ifs. And we forget to be at peace with what is. Uh, so, so often I think that, um, you know, the passage that says um, that we receive a peace that passes understanding. I think I've often translated that passage to mean I will receive peace when I get understanding. Yes. Oh, my word. But peace is not contingent on our understanding. It is contingent on us being present with God. And it's in this now moment where we actually experience peace. And I I believe being present is the gateway to peace in our lives. Oh, I totally, I totally agree. My new book, I talk about contentment, but one of the things that you said kind of triggered a thought, you know, just realizing where does that need, I think, because I think you, you nailed it, this need to understand. I need to understand why things happened in the past. And I really need to know what's going to happen in the future because I need to be prepared. And it's this absolute addiction to having full understanding. But as I was looking at that, I realized that goes back to the garden. Wasn't that what we wanted? We wanted autonomy. We wanted to understand and know. And, but we are, and we keep trying to eat from the tree, the wrong tree when we're wanting to understand. We do. That's exactly right. And, you know, you think about what happened in the garden. Um, the, the moment they, they pulled that, uh, you know, Granny Smith or Fiji or whatever kind of apple <laughs> off that tree, right? Or Honeycrisp, which is what I would have called. Um, That's yes. my favorite apple. <laughs> Pink lady. <laughs> yep. The, the moment they pulled that apple down and took that bite, you think about what happened in the garden, right? It was the first moment of blame, mm-hmm. you know, Adam yes. blamed Eve for, for, for convincing them to pull that apple down. It's the first moment of shame. It says that they grabbed some fig leaves and covered themselves up. Before that moment, it says that they walked with God in the garden and they felt no shame. The scriptures could have said anything. It could have said they felt no fear. They felt no regret. They felt no, um, you know, anger. It says they felt no shame. And then the second they ate that apple, shame entered the story for them and for humanity. And they hid from God. Yeah. And so for the first time, 
you have blame, you mm-hmm. have shame, you have guilt, all of these things that are ways that we rehash the past. And you're exactly right, Joanna. It started back in the garden. And and humans from the beginning of time have been trying to take matters into our own hands yeah. instead of trusting and surrendering to the ever-present presence of God. Mm. You know, I think there's something so powerful about that ever-present presence because you're right. And if I keep asking God to explain the past or give me information that that presence that if I and I realized this if I'm walking with him today fully present with his presence and I walk with him tomorrow I don't have to be afraid of the future because he's already there and he's going to lead me in the way we can go I want to drill down on something you talked about that that this whole message really came out of a, a season of burnout. I'm also also in full-time ministry. You're, you and your husband pastor one of the fastest growing urban churches in America. I can't even imagine the pressure. I wondered if as a ministry woman, I would love to have you kind of give us a little peek behind the scenes of where you were and and what were the things that were pressing on you and what was the truth that began to set you free? Yeah, I love that question. And, you know, there is such a temptation in ministry to, I think most of us, we, we start a ministry because we long to care for the hearts of others. We long to connect people to the heart of Jesus, right? We want to introduce people to the good shepherd. Yeah. But somewhere along the way, we start to carry the burden of shepherding and we forget to connect people to the good shepherd and we start to connect them to only ourselves. Mm. And I I think for me, some of my journey in getting to a place of just exhaustion and tiredness um, and, and really feeling like the overflow of what I was offering was, was not coming from uh, my own well um, yeah. being filled with, with the movement of Holy Spirit in my life. It was, it was more of that doing than that being that I talked about earlier. And I'll never forget sitting with a, a mentor in that season. It was a few years into the launching of, of our church and you know, we started our church in our living room, which I love that your show is called The Living Room. And we, we started, you know, our church in, in our living room with a handful of people. And, um, and it grew and the, the needs of people became more and it grew again and it grew again and it grew again. And I think I began to feel overwhelmed with meeting the growing needs of this young church. And in that season, I remember sitting with this mentor and I I remember him saying to me, oh, Jeannie, you you just don't know where you are. And I'm Mm. like, no, I know where I am. We're sitting here in a corner bakery (laughs) having a cup of coffee, you know, and he's like, no, 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 no. You're constantly rehashing the past or rehearsing the future. You don't know where you actually are. And the only way that you're going to experience peace in leadership is if you can come back to the present moment with God. And he's the one that first offered me this question. He said, I I want you to just ask yourself this question. What's here now? 
um, all throughout the day. I downloaded this app. It's called Mind Jogger. And I typed in a little question on my phone and told it to interrupt my day um, all throughout the day. Just, you know, any, you can, you can say how many times you wanted to interrupt you. And I just said, you know, unlimited amount of times, just, you know, pop up on my phone and ask me this question, what's here now? And so this question started to pop up and I made a commitment to myself and to God that I would pay attention to the question Mm -hmm. and that I would pause, I would breathe, and I would ask myself, what's, what am I sensing in my body? Mm -hmm. What am I feeling in my heart? And what am I thinking in my mind? Mm -hmm. And, and really that just came back from the great commandment, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right. And so the only way to be present with God and to be in flow with the love of God is to be in this now moment. So I knew that I needed to pay attention to my body, which is incapable mm-hmm. of lying to me, to my heart and, and really learn how to notice and name my emotions. And then to pay attention to what are the thoughts that are going on in my mind. You know, we, we as people think 60 to 80,000 thoughts in a day. That's a lot of thoughts. So many thoughts. That's a lot of thoughts. And, and so I needed to learn how to come back into the present moment with what was here now. And so mm. that's where that question came from. It's almost like, you know, Joanna, when you go to the airport or to the mall and there's that little directory and you're trying to figure out where to go and you look at the directory and there's a little red dot that says you are here. Yeah. This question, what's here now, was my question to come back into this moment, to come back to the now moment so that I could be present with what is, not try to go back and change what was, not try to go out into the future and control all of the what ifs, but to be here with what is with God. Um, And truly, it's how I began to experience peace in my life. Wow. I didn't need understanding to everything. You know, I, I, I think for so many years, I lived exactly like how you were talking about. I just wanted to know why. Why God? Mm-hmm. Why this? Why that? I need to understand that. I need to understand this. And I started to realize that why is actually not a very fruitful spiritual question right. because there are just mysteries that we will never know. And I started to replace it with the question, what, what's here now? What, what are you doing in my life that you want to draw me closer to more surrender? What are you doing in my relationships that you want me to pay attention to? What's going on in my heart that maybe I've been pushing down or I've been denying, or mm. I haven't, you know, been um, nurturing that needs some loving nurture and care towards. So it was my way of actually replacing the question why with a more fruitful spiritual question. And that is what's here now. I love that. So there was that emotional checking in. There was the mental checking in. Did you find any help in just that physical, like actually like being aware of, oh, this moment these people did, was that part of the, the practice as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think so many of us struggle with distraction and there's so much that is vying for our attention at all times. And so, and 
because we are so stimulated, sometimes we try to just numb all that stimulation and it keeps us out of presence as well. So Mm -hmm. the ways that we numb ourselves, right, through addictive behavior or through our phones or through, you know, eating, whatever it may be, it's, it's a way to also leave uh, the present moment. And so asking that question, what am I sensing in my body? I, I realized that I actually had spent a lot of my life not really paying attention to my body, not really paying attention to all that is going on in, in this container, right? That, that houses my heart, that houses my mind, and also houses the Holy Spirit, right? And here I am not really paying attention to this body and and your body really is is always wanting the same things right it's wanting loving care mm. it's wanting us to get curious like to not just um you know kind of numb all of these uh things that we're experiencing it's wanting us to get courageous about caring for it and i realized that so often um you know jesus says that he's come to give us life and life to the full and i think so many of us though the, the part of that passage that we forget about is that there is a very real thief that has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And I think when it comes to our body, we are partnering with the enemy in the killing, stealing, and destroying more often than we are partnering with the spirit yeah. towards life and life abundance. And so recreating some healthy patterns with, with even things like drinking water <laughs> and sleep and rhythms of rest, uh, learning how to say no, um, not letting obligation drive my life, you know, letting should be the director of my life and just feeling like I should do all these things and realizing a healthy no and healthy boundaries are actually of, of really important service to my health and my wholeness. That's so good. That's so good. I know I went through my, and you know, periods of of that burnout. And I think you really nailed it, especially when it comes to ministry. You know, we, if we're not careful, we can become surrogate messiahs and, and become necessary to people. And then even subconsciously by the lie that we're necessary, that if I don't do this, and if I don't do that, if I don't take care of it all, oh my goodness, the world's going to fall apart. And you're exactly right. It doesn't point people to Jesus. It points them to us as the source. And then we're all going to be disappointed. (laughs) That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And and whenever that happens, right, we're really building that attachment to us instead of the attachment to the Lord. And, and, and what that ends up doing is, is we start to seek out wanting to, to receive that on the regular basis. Right. And, And so we feel this sense of achievement Mm-hmm. and then significance. And then we want to sustain that significance. And we think that's what leads us to acceptance. Right. But in in the, um, the way of grace, it's the exact opposite. We start knowing I am accepted. I am loved just as I am. My, my invitation is to connect people to the good shepherd. And, and then that is where I get my sustaining strength and my significance. And I feel as though I am living on purpose. But so many of us, we get that backwards, don't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Well, it's the garden all over again. You know, it's Mm -hmm. that apple dangled in front of us and we're continually chasing it, thinking that's going to give us meaning. You know, I, I was just thinking about, you know, for me, one of the things the Lord really showed me is, is Joanna, you're, you're so busy chasing fruit in ministry, Mm -hmm. but if you'll just get connected to me, fruit happens. It's a byproduct of that relationship with him. And I I was thinking about just that being present with the ever-present God. Was was there some reawakening in that relationship with the Lord that happened during the time for you? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And continues. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think I... In the very beginning, I I got it. I was like, yeah, I'm not present. I want to figure out how to be present. And I almost put it (laughs) into a to-do list, right? Like, I'm going to check this box. I will be present. I'll check it once and then it'll happen for the rest of life, right? And I realized, oh, oh, how foolish am I to think that this is something that you, you know, just check the box once. Presence is an ongoing practice that really... I hope I am practicing until my dying day, until my very last breath. And I think for me, one of the things that was reawakened, uh, you know, there's this moment in the book of Exodus where Moses gets to, you know, he's kind of done with the Israelites. He's like, Lord, I can't, I can't lead them anymore. I, I'm out. <laughs> you need to get somebody else for this job, right? And he's grumbling and he's complaining and he's so exhausted um, of their complaints. And he goes to God and he just says, Lord, I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know where to lead them. And the Lord so beautifully says, I believe it's in Exodus 33. He says to him, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Mm. And I love Moses's response to him because he says, well, good, because if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to go. Yeah. And what I love about that moment is I think Moses got to a point in his life where he realized your presence Mm. is all I need Mm. and all I want. Yeah. And, you know, Joanna, I think for me, and, and some of this maybe is the gift of, of, growth and maturity and age is there's been so many things that I have wanted from the Lord, right? I I wish the Lord would just like send me an email every morning with, with his plans for my day. And I could just, you know, get the email, hit reply. Wonderful. I'll do all these things. Right. And so often I've spent so much time just praying for the Lord's plan, right. Or, or praying just that his his promises will be fulfilled in something that feels like a struggle in my life. And, and both of those things are good things. But I, I have gotten to a point in my life where I really am much like Moses saying, Lord, it's not, it's not even your promises or your plans that I want. It's your presence. Yes, yes. yes. It is your presence. And if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to go. Yeah. I, I don't I don't want it to be uh, about me. I, I want it to be about your presence. And, um, you know, I, I think so many of us, we think that God's presence is something that we can go and attain. And the, the truth is, is that God's presence is always present. Right, right. His presence is always present. We're the ones that are not present to his presence. <laughs> and so I think for me, I'm realizing, oh, your presence isn't something 
that we go and attain, your presence is always here. And my work on this earth is to be present to your presence. Yeah. And all of it then comes together. We experience a spirit of, of gratitude for, for all of life. You know, I, I think about that story of the lepers, right? That Jesus healed and, and only one comes back and says, thank you. And, and Jesus says to him, your gratitude has made you well. Wow. Wow. And I realized that when I can be grateful for what is not trying to change something or control something, that is what makes me well. Right. Being present with what is, that is actually what makes me well. Um, and, and it creates a, an, a, a real spirit of belonging. I, I feel as though I am, I am fully belonging to God, fully belonging to myself, and I can fully belong in relationship here in, in, this, in this conversation with you, right? There, there's just this sense of when we can drop into this now moment, we go, I have everything that I need. That's so good. You know, I keep thinking about that, where it says, where Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. Yes. And, and so that has to be lived. That's, that has to happen in relationship. You know, it's not like, give me the email and the list of things. No. Right, right. That's not God's to-do list. It's us being so close to Him that we sense by His Spirit what He's doing and how we are to join Him. And but but connecting to His presence. I know there's a lot of a lot of girls out there listening, and they they've been good girls trying to do good things. Maybe some of them have been raised in the church. They they know all the right answers, but if if they would peel all of it away, they would say, "I don't know that I've ever experienced His presence." Is there are there some practical things that we can do to cultivate that in our lives? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I so have a tenderness towards that woman because I think so many of us, um, it's what our hearts longed for. And yet somehow we haven't tasted yeah. or, or, or touched into God's presence. And I think we have overcomplicated it yes. even. Yes. Um, you know, and that's why this question has been such a it's almost like the question has been my own personal spiritual director, you know, directing mm -hmm. me back to this moment and learning how to pause, learning how to breathe. I think yeah. that's one of the first things that I would say to anyone listening. Um, are you willing to give yourself the gift of a full inhale and a full exhale, you know the the new the pneuma of of spirit within us, right? Of of literally just inhale and exhale. Um, you know, it's almost as if in the inhale we 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 speak the name of God, and you know, and, and in the exhale we we release what is no longer of service to us. Yeah, and so that would be the first thing that I would would teach people to do is to just pause and breathe. <laughs> it sounds so silly uh, and so simple. Like, wait, I've been doing that my whole life. That, that's how I keep existing here on this planet. Yes, it is. And so few of us actually pause and, and bring loving attention back to our breath and into this now moment and actually um, 
experience gratitude for the fact that we didn't make that happen. Right. Right. You know, I, I, I think I may have shared this on the, on the podcast, but I, I just felt impelled, compelled to share it. I had come out of a super busy season, overlapping deadlines and, um, just living at that pitch, you know, yeah. and just that breathing, it became so evident. I, I wish I was an exercise girl, but I'm not, but I was trying to get <laughs> healthy. I knew I needed to, to figure it out. And so I, I took a, an exercise class and she had us at the end do a deep inhale. And Jeannie, yeah. it was the weirdest sensation. I felt like, you know, if you find an old balloon in the back of a drawer mm-hmm. and you blow it up and it crackles, yeah. that's how it felt inside. And I realized I'd been living at such a shallow breath, shallow breath. And the other thought is this, Jesus, before he left, he breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. There's something about that, like, okay, Lord. I know you already live within me, but I receive you afresh and anew. I love that practice. What else can we do? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that um, learning how to uh, name our emotions. Yeah. Uh, just, just bringing, uh, noticing, naming, and then loving nurture to mm-hmm. what you're feeling in your heart. You know, just the other day, uh, my daughter graduated from eighth grade. And we were in the auditorium and so excited because we haven't been able to do things like this for the last few years, right? Due to the pandemic. And so we're sitting in the auditorium and I'm feeling so tender. And so I just invite myself into this question, what's here now? And I, I, I noticed, oh, there's so much joy and happiness and and excitement here in my heart. And I, I look over and my son is sitting next to me and I, I noticed he was in a different place. I could just read his face. Yeah. And I, his name is Elijah. And I said, Hey, Elijah, what, what's here now? What, what are you feeling? And he's like, well, mom, I'm, I'm really excited for Gigi. And I'm really happy that we get to celebrate her graduation. And I'm feeling really sad that I didn't get to do this because of COVID. Aww. And I just had one of those beautiful moments of going, I don't need to change anything for Elijah. I don't need to control this for him. All I need to do is sit with what is. And that I can hold both. I can hold both. I can hold the excitement for my daughter and the sadness with my son. And I don't need to control or change those things. And so one of the things that I would say to anyone listening is to learn how to notice your emotions to name them and to just bring some loving nurture to whatever is Mm -hmm. here. You know, so often when we have unhealthy behavior, um, it's when we don't notice and name our emotions and we just let them fly, right? We let them drive. And all an emotion is, is energy in motion. That's the very definition of an emotion. It's just energy in motion. And it isn't actually looking for an answer. It's just looking for space. That's so good. It's looking for a healthy space to be felt. And one of the best ways we can practice being present is noticing our emotions, naming them, and then bringing some loving nurture to that. And then the the last thing that I would say is to start to pay attention to your thoughts. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so often, um, you know, the scriptures tell us to take captive our thoughts. Right. And so many of us are allowing our thoughts to take us. Yes. Captive. Yes. It's the exact opposite. Uh huh. And our thoughts are the drivers and the directors and the dictators of our lives. And in so many ways, you know, I I like to think of our thoughts like a plane, right? That are, there's constantly planes flying overhead. And so many of us are clearing every single thought for landing on the runway of our minds. But when, when, when God invites us to take captive our thoughts, he's essentially saying, I have invited you to be the air traffic controller. That's you good. are the one. That's good. You are the one that actually gets to clear those thoughts. You get to say, nope, not landing here. This is not coming onto the runway of our mind. And, and I think that so much of good, healthy practice of being in the present moment is actually being able to say, that thought is not from God. Yeah. That thought is not of service to me. Mm. That thought is not going to develop closeness in this relationship. That thought is a story that I'm writing. And perhaps that story is not true. And I think that when we start to actually pay loving attention to our bodies, our hearts, and our minds, which, you know, is the place where God has chosen to dwell. He's left the Holy Spirit to be here in our body, with our heart, with our mind, we actually come back into this now moment and we start to practice presence and we start to experience peace. We really do. Mm. That's so good. Oh my goodness. This has been so rich, Gina. I just feel like we could just keep talking and talking. (laughs) I want to encourage people to follow you on Instagram because you have this great graphic just recently. um, And I loved the picture. It's like a a tangled rubber bands, just like one of those balls and it's all your emotions. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's accurate. And then, then a ball that's naming it and it's putting them in order. And I love that because honestly, I think we are so expensive especially if we're not careful as women, because we feel it, we think it's true. Because we feel it, we think that that has to ruin our lives. You know, I I like what someone said, don't let a bad moment turn into a bad day. It was a bad moment. But it, and I I think of those girls out there that, that are still tangled up in the story of their past. And they can't leave that story to believe that God can give them a new story. And I, I just want to encourage you guys, please, please go to the show notes, go, go find Jeannie online because you need this book. I really believe that this message is so important. And as we close, I would just love you to pray for those out there that are going, I know I need this, but I don't know how. Mm, Absolutely. Joanna, thank you so much. Thank you for what you're doing through this show. And thank you for, the gift of being able to just pull up a chair in the warmth of your living room. And I hope that this is such a blessing. So yes, come and find me on all the social channels or at my website, Jeannie Stevens, and you can pick up the book anywhere uh, that books are sold, but I would love to close us in prayer. Awesome. Hmm, Well, Jesus, thank you that you are here in this now Mm -hmm. moment. You are with us. You are for us. You are the good shepherd. And you long, you long to lead us to good pastures. Mm -hmm. And so for everyone that is listening right now, that is struggling, um, 
struggling in rehashing the past and maybe there is some kind of blame or shame that continues to show up in in your life or, or perhaps there's some guilt or bitterness or unprocessed grief. Lord, I pray for the woman right now that feels like she has been locked up in her past. God, I pray that you would remind her that you have put the key in her hand to come into the present moment. Mm. And for the woman that is uh, struggling in rehearsing the future, God, and she's trying to uh, control things through worry or through um, pretending or through obligation or uh, uh, through a sense of control or or not wanting to wait on you, God, and surrender to you. Lord, I just pray that you would remind her that you have invited us into a relationship of surrender, of Mm. trust, of laying our will down for your better will. And so, God, I pray pray for all of us that we would continue to experience the power of your Mm. presence in this now moment. We love you. We trust you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be chewing on this episode for a while. In fact, I really want to start implementing the three questions that Jeannie suggests. Number one, what am I sensing in my body? Number two, what am I feeling in my heart? And number three, what am I thinking in my mind? Because you guys, I don't want to miss my life by being so future focused or so stuck in the past that I miss the glorious yet very ordinary gift of the present moment. I hope you'll go to joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash zero nine zero and use the links you'll find there in the show notes to purchase Jeannie's book as well as find her on social media because she has a lot of stuff that you and I need. And while you're there at the show notes, please consider joining the Insider Club. Seriously, you guys, I mean, this is an amazing offer. When you pre-order the book, you not only get that copy, but you get a digital copy and an audio book as well. That's like three books for the price of one. Plus, there's a whole bunch of other bonuses. Well, until next time, you guys, let's not miss the gift of today. For as Jeannie points out, the present moment is God's zip code. He wants to meet you and me right here, right now, with all of His grace and mercy and power, so that you and I have everything we need to live in love and lead like Jesus. See you next time.